What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined uh, by a very moody, not having a good day, not having a good day, at Marcus underscore Mosher. Don't look so serious, man. Come on. Your, your favorite, one of your favorite days of the year just happened. Yeah, I know. Cowboy bye week, the Monday after a cowboy bye week. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. No, I, NFL trade deadline was fun. We don't have to go over all the moves, um, but it was fun. We had a, a record-setting amount of deals on the deadline day ten, which is fun. I'm I'm glad that the NFL trade deadline uh, actually has some action. Yeah, a, c- a couple of the deals that were made that were a little bit more notable. Um, well, going back, Roquan Smith was traded uh, from the Bears to the Ravens. I would say that was one of the the most major moves of mm-hmm. this entire period. Uh, Naheem Hines went to the uh, Bills. Don't know how they're going to use him, but he hadn't been used a lot uh, by the Colts, but he can be used out of the backfield. Which we predicted, by the way. Well, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Chase Edmonds is heading to the Broncos. The Miami Dolphins are actually getting a couple of players. Uh, they're getting Bradley Chubb uh, from the Broncos. Do want to talk about the deal just a hair. Um, and also to replace Chase Edmonds, they picked up Jeff Wilson who was Elijah Mitchell's kind of, uh, I don't want to say backup, but his alternate running back uh, last year in San Francisco. Elijah Mitchell got hurt, I think, in game one this year against Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Jeff Wilson had been playing, but then the 49ers had already acquired Christian McCaffrey. So the Dolphins get Jeff Wilson because Elijah Mitchell's coming back, and they already have McCaffrey. And Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins coach, had already coached Wilson in San Francisco. I hope you followed all that. Um, any other move that you think is really worth discussing? No, I just I'll, I just want to talk about the Jeff Wilson one really quickly, uh, yeah. just to show you how much NFL coaches and front offices lie. There was a really good piece on The Athletic that came out on Tuesday morning uh, about Kyle Shanahan talking about his love for Jeff Wilson. I'm going to read you the quote. Okay. This is from Shanahan. Jeff is one of my favorite players we've ever had, and not just here, but anywhere. Us thinking about Christian McCaffrey had nothing to do with him at all. It was just, oh, gosh, this is such a good player. How is he available? How could we not make it happen? I read the trade rumors uh, and stuff about Jeff. We would never just shop Jeff. We listen to everybody, but Jeff does everything at a high level, so I hope he stays here for a long, long time. They traded him five hours later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's too perfect. Uh, I got to say on the the uh, the Bradley Chubb deal because that involves the Dolphins as well. And again, the Dolphins uh, shipped out some draft picks. They shipped out Chase Edmonds, who they just signed, by the way, from Arizona uh, this off season. But you know, it's kind of like Niners East now uh, with yeah. Raheem Mostert and and Jeff Wilson in that backfield, and of course Mike McDaniel coaching them. But Bradley Chubb, I talked to you about on our podcast in the preseason, and I said, Marcus. I really feel like the key to the Broncos is Bradley Chubb. I was kind of right that he would have a resurgence. I was wrong that he was the key because I had no idea that Russell Wilson was going to play so poorly and the offense was going to be so poor. But what I was thinking at the time was if Randy Gregory stays healthy, which he hasn't, and Bradley Chubb kind of, you know, Bradley Chubb had been so unavailable for that team Mm -hmm. that this team was going to be really tough to deal with for AFC West quarterbacks. Which they still are. To be fair, they still are. are. Yeah. Um, They've also gotten really good play from a couple other edge rushers, including Baron Browning, who's a little mm -hmm. banged up right now. They traded for Jacob Martin, 
who is playing well with the Jets. So their pass rush is going to be fine. But this is a move that you have to make, right? If you can get a first round and change for a player on an expiring deal who you probably weren't going to give a long-term contract to, you have to do it. Yeah, I think with Miami giving away a first-round pick, what you're thinking is they're going for it. And this is something that we've talked about on the podcast, and I always kind of ask Marcus the rhetorical question, what's the goal? So uh, I I, I like the move, actually, for both teams, I think, in this situation. It's a little bit of a high price, I thought, but I also don't value draft picks as much as other analysts and fans do. And if you're Miami, it's like – we're not afraid of Buffalo. We've already beaten Buffalo this year. If we mm-hmm. had a little bit better of a pass rush, maybe we can go beat them again in Buffalo. So I, I totally get it for Miami. And Browning was the one that made a couple of really big plays against the Colts in that Correct. ugly, ugly uh, – was that a Thursday night game? I already forgot. Was that Monday or Thursday? That was I think it was Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, yeah, of course, right? So that's a little bit of news on the trade front. We had big NFL news that Marcus told me about that I didn't even know about. I checked this morning. And then I was doing some stuff, namely packing my suitcase. And I did not see that Daniel Snyder has, uh, they've hired, what would you say, Bank of America? Bank of America, yep. To to sell uh, the Washington Commanders franchise. This is absolutely massive, massive news. So before I say anything, and I, I know we're going to get to picks today. Obviously, we're going to go through those. Just want to get your thought on it. And then I, I, I have to say something, but please. Uh, great news for the NFL, bad news for the other three NFC East teams, right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's, it's kind of like the Dable hiring. We're like, yeah, this is this is cool for the Giants. We think it's a great hire, but it kind of stinks. Liked having the Giants be cruddy. Yeah, um, I, I mean, this had to happen, right? There's just no way that the NFL could keep Dan Snyder as one of the 32 owners and. He's going to get a fortune for that team. That's the only part that's not great is he's going to make a ton of money out of this. But I do think long-term, great for the NFL. I wonder what happened there. I mean, I know a lot of things. There was threats that he had dirt on owners, but the walls were closing in. And even for somebody who doesn't mind being vilified like he does, there's a point where you have to have an ally somewhere. Yep. And there were uh, – he alluded to other people alluded to that maybe he had lost Jerry Jones, who had been his biggest ally, mm-hmm. and maybe without Jerry's support at all, you know, I don't know how much fun it is to run a team when literally everybody in the league hates you. And I know people are gonna older people are gonna point to Al Davis. Everybody in the league didn't hate Al Davis. No, for example, true. the the uh, Cowboys vice president Tech Schramm, he wasn't the owner, but he effectively ran the team when all the league meetings. He and Al Davis got along great. That's where the Cowboys and Raiders played in the preseason and had joint practices. And yep. uh, you know, Al Davis wasn't as hated as people might think by people within the league circle. But the thing with Daniel Snyder, Marcus, is you really get the idea that both inside the walls and outside the walls, this was a very unliked guy. Yeah, to hear Jim Irsay kind of go rogue and talk about how we need to get this guy out of the league, that doesn't happen very often. No. Right? It never happens, to be fair. Like, usually when they get those owners in a room, nothing comes out of it, right? They're pretty good at keeping everything locked in. But as soon as that meeting got done and Ursay's talking about how they, they've got to get rid of uh, Daniel Snyder, it tells you that, Things must be even way worse than we can even imagine. Yeah, league owners, very uh, insular is the word that I would use for them. And by the way, if you hear my cough drop kicking in, I finally saw my vocal issue um, a long time ago. But I had my high school reunion this past weekend 
And I just ended up talking to so many people I hadn't seen before. So now my I lost my voice just the natural way, just being out talked, I guess. Uh, so anyway, that's that's kind of the uh, news. I have a couple things on the back end, but I want to get to the picks. Yeah, so let's do it. Um, I haven't looked at anything the way you always direct me to. And uh, we're going to start with the Thursday night game that I'm hoping is a little. I guess last Thursday night was OK. It was OK. It was OK. It's a decent game. Um. If you need a week to like earn some brownie points with the spouse, <laughs> with the girlfriend, this, this is the week. Is like, just say, "Honey, you know what? We don't we don't need to watch football this week." What would, would you like to? Would you like to go pick apples? I, it's probably too late for apple picking. Let's right? go would to a like pumpkin to, patch. Oh, would wait. you like to watch a Hallmark Christmas movie? Like, would you like to do some early Christmas shopping? This is what you do. Uh, Thursday. Philadelphia Eagles at the Houston Texans. The Eagles are fourteen point favorites. That's that's kind of a high uh, total, I think, uh, or high uh, line. Um, and then you remember who my, the Texans are. Yeah, my my first inclination is to say stay away from that spread. It's too high. Obviously, I'm taking the Eagles straight up. It's a road game. Houston has been tough in some games this year, man. And I, I I'm a little more conservative about this than you are. Uh, we can talk matchups, but do we really need to talk Philadelphia-Houston matchups? I, I will just say that Nico Collins is probably not going to play. Brandon Cooks might not play either. And if those guys don't play, how are the Texans going to be able to generate any offense? I'll take the Eagles to win and cover like a 29-7 type game. Were you surprised about Brandon Cooks, by the way, with the trade deadline? No, uh, because his contract was almost impossible to trade at this stage of the season because some team has to take on like $11 million of money. Yeah, it's a lot. And there's just not enough teams that have that much cap space at this stage in the offseason or in the in the season, excuse me. I uh, texted Marcus yesterday for all of you out there that, that I really thought a great home for him would be the Giants. And I know what somebody's thinking is like, look, Daniel Jones, they're running the ball. They're not airing it out. But that's exactly why they need a chain mover. Yep. And Brandon Cooks has probably proven – uh, more than any other wide receiver in the league that he can play with literally any quarterback and be yep. productive. And the Cowboys and Texans had a trade agreed upon. The compensation was going to be a second round pick and more. They just couldn't get the contract worked out with Brandon Cooks and they ran out of time. So it was close. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't have minded that for either team. Get a second round pick for Houston. That's a good deal. And for Dallas, that's not too steep a price. Not if you're going for it. Next game. Chargers at the Falcons. The Chargers are two and a half point favorites, and I will take the Falcons to win outright and cover that spread. I'll go with you on that. Um, the Chargers haven't done anything to show, um, to, to give anybody any confidence. Mike Williams has been hurt. Keenan Allen finally came back. I don't know that he's full speed. Of course, now the Chargers uh, have had some time off, but I, I Atlanta's just been playing too well. And I really worry about the Chargers' ability to stop Atlanta from running the football. And that's the thing is the Chargers have not shown that they can stop anybody on the ground. Falcons at home, Chargers having to play a 1 o'clock East Coast game. No, thank you. I will take the Falcons there. Dolphins at Bears. Fun game. Um, Dolphins, five-point favorites. You know, I'll go with Miami on this. And I think for Chicago, it's really hard. You saw Roquan Smith's reaction when they traded Robert Quinn to Philadelphia. And I'm sure there were other Bears in that locker room that felt the same way about Robert Quinn. Then you trade Roquan. It's really hard for those players to get up 
in play on defense when they've been so, so at best on defense this year at best. Now they're losing two of their guys, two of their main leaders and offensively that team is already kind of stunted. So I, I like Miami to cover this on the road. Yeah, they're just going to put those young defensive backs in too many tough positions in this game. And without Roquan, you know, calling the plays and the signals, and without Robert Quinn, you saw last week, the Bears just couldn't get any pressure on Dallas. Yep. I'll take Miami. Uh, next one, Carolina Panthers at Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals, seven and a half point favorites. I'll take the Bengals to win, but not cover. Uh, Carolina's playing a lot tougher. If you, I, I, I get it. If you haven't watched any Carolina Panthers football out there, Steve Wilkes, Marcus, done a pretty doggone good job. They, they darn near won another game against division opponents, uh, and this one was on the road. Uh, I think the Bucks game was actually in Carolina, but, uh, I, and if you watch Cincinnati on Monday night on a short week, I'm sorry, I don't have a lot of faith there. I don't think Cincinnati wins by more than seven necessarily. I, I'm definitely agreeing with you on the Panthers to cover. I won't be shocked if the Panthers win outright. I won't. The The problem I see is the way to attack the Bengals right now. I get it that Cleveland ran all over them. Uh, I think that can get shored up. What I'm worried about is the Bengals secondary, which mm-hmm. uh, suffered some losses. They're, they're, they lost one guy pretty much for the year. They lost another guy in that game. Um. It's just I don't trust Carolina necessarily to be able to exploit that. So I have a hard time picking them outright. Yeah. On the road, by the way. I'll take the Bengals to win, but I think that's going to be a three-point game that's like 20 to 17, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Next one, Packers at Lions. Packers, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Oh, I'm taking What's the their pack. situation with the wide receivers? That's that's what we need to know because they had they had they were missing three guys uh, against Buffalo, Marcus. That's the problem. I'm going to guess that Alan Lazard doesn't play in this game. Christian Watson probably doesn't play. No, I'm still taking the Packers. This is an absolutely must-win game for the Packers. They cannot afford to lose to the Lions in this game. I'm taking the Lions at home. Oh, right. I, okay. Yeah. So that yeah. would mean that the Packers would drop to three and six mm-hmm. with games uh, against the Cowboys, Titans, and Eagles in their next three. What? Tell me the spread again on this one. Three and a half. Green Bay's favored by three and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm debating the outright. The 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 spread is. No brainer to me. Yeah, I'll Detroit. take the Packers to cover the spread. No brainer. No way, I won't. I differ okay. with you on that. I'm okay. I'm going to think about the uh, outright, but I'm That's definitely fine. Detroit cover. Go ahead. Uh, Colts against the Patriots. Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. Oh no, wait, never mind. Sam Allinger against <laughs> Mac Jones. Uh, Patriots five and a half point favorites. I'll take the Patriots all day. I, I haven't seen enough from the Colts. How do you? How, we don't really know what Ellinger can do. I'm not um, disparaging the kid, but they they struggled offensively last week they had some red zone miscues they had drop balls their offensive line dude though is there an offensive line that's playing worse in pro football i mean it mm. probably Who's not playing especially worse with how them. much they're being paid i mean they're they are performing really bad there's just no way that bill belichick's losing to a six-round quarterback making his second career start he's just there not. you go there He's you go and not. the Colts receivers have, number one 
Uh, you got to get open. Number two, you got to catch the ball when it comes to you. I know this is basic stuff, but this team needs so their quarterback needs help. And I, I said this on the last podcast. I'm just gonna say it one more time. You, it, this is not all Frank Reich. A lot of the mistakes this team are, is making are just dumb, dumb errors. And as a head coach, there's not a lot you can do about it. And they just fired their offensive coordinator this week. So there you go. Uh, Patriots to win and cover. Next game: Bills at Jets. Bills. 13-point favorites on the road. By the way, let me just say, when the owner comes out and says, I have total faith in the GM and head coach, which is what Ursay did, boy, two Ursay mentions in the same pod here. Um, that doesn't mean behind closed doors is like, look, either fire this guy or it's you, mm-hmm. basically, kind of conversation. And so you'll see a head coach have to get rid of a coordinator that they don't want to get rid of. I'm not saying that's for sure what happened, but it wouldn't surprise me. Go ahead. Next game. Yeah, next game, Bills at Jets, Bills 13-point favorites. Yeah, I like the Bills in this game. Um, it's just a bad I, matchup for Zach Wilson, right? It really is. I like the Bills. to I actually like the Bills to cover this. I can't believe it. I You know me. I never like the big spreads, but. That's a game that I'm telling you is going to be close in the third quarter, but the Buffalo might just backdoor cover this game and score two late touchdowns and a couple of interceptions. I, I mean, truthfully, I wouldn't bet on this game at all. Um, but, but I think if you take, uh, the jets to cover that, the concern would be a pick six if the game is kind of tight. And if the game, by the game being tight, we're talking like maybe eight points, pick six and you're done. You're done. Your bet's blown up. Uh, Vikings at commanders. The Vikings are three and a half point favorites and I will take the Vikings easily to cover that spread. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be just like it is every week for the Vikings, but they'll figure out a way to do it. I definitely would take the Vikings to win this game. I hate three and a half point spreads. Has it stayed at that? I know you like yes. to track. Yep. It's been three and a half all week. So they're actually saying the Vikings are six and a half points better yep. than Washington. Feels a little low to me. I think the Vikings go, are legitimately good. I'll go with you on this one. I'll go yep. with you on this one. Raiders. I don't love this at, at all. At Jacksonville. Raiders. Oh my One gosh. point favorites. All right. Well, Let's put that aside. We have not talked total on any of these games, so let's start with this one. If this game is higher than like 42 points, uh, take the under all day. You have not been off on a total very often this year. Like You know, usually have been within a point. This one you are way off. Way what is off. it? 48. I'm taking the under all day long. Tell me I'm wrong. Now – it's tough because the Raiders did not score against the Saints. But but going into week eight, that was the number two scoring offense in the league. They were averaging almost 30 points a game. And their defense is atrocious, right? They're just not very good. So could this be a game in which it's, you know, 30 to 27? I think it's possible. The Jags just came back from London. The Raiders are on the road again on the East Coast. Um I think this game actually plays into the defense's hands. Uh, as far as the rate, you said the Raiders are one point favorites. Yep. What are you thinking there? Would you take Jacksonville to win this outright? Or do you think the Raiders write the ship this week? I think this is a game the Raiders win. I do. Uh, I think the Raiders Adams 23. Had, go ahead. Go ahead. Devontae Adams had the flu last week, um, did not practice all week, didn't even do the walkthrough on Saturday. And you could see that he just did not play well on Sunday. Darren Waller will be back for this game. They're decided to be a little bit cautious with him and not play him. 
I think they'll be able to score 24 to 27 points in this game. A lot of talk about Hunter Renfro's lack of numbers. Is the, does the blame go, go on him? Is it Derek Carr or is it Josh McDaniels? Offense, um, it's kind of interesting. By the way, having the flu, do you think Devontae Adams is a Benadryl guy or a Sudafed guy? I think you're a NyQuil nighttime oh, guy. Oh, 100%. Like two big swigs of the NyQuil before I go to do you bed. Get the, do you get the cherry? Uh, whatever the dark flavor is, like the darkish flavor. Now, didn't Vix swoop in there and develop their own like NyQuil-y stuff? Yeah, well, really that's what I, it's, yeah, that's what I take. It's Am I forgetting one? Is Robitussin still part of the mix? Yeah. How about yeah. a little bit of just uh, grandpa's cough medicine before you go to bed? Wasn't one of these what the word on Jamarcus Russell was that he was – am I yeah. wrong? Yeah, it was uh, what they call it, purple drink. Oh, that's right. That's right. Boy, that's going – Going way back. Not trying to throw any shade. I just this was part of uh, football news for a while. Um, okay, right. I will. I will take the um, the Raiders to win on the road, twenty three to twenty, which will put you easily under forty eight. I look. I up my score a little bit because of your arguments, and I think that's the most I've ever been off on an over under ever. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay. Sweet. All right. Now get into the Great afternoon start. slate. Yeah. Um, we have two afternoon games. That was. Can I just tell you a little sidelight here? My first year at the NFL, uh, we just started red zone, and I worked with Scott Han- Hansen. I was on the research side, um, and this is before I was on air. I would help him uh, with you know all sorts of stuff for the, as the games were going on. I was always to his right, a couple of feet. Man, when we'd have a day like this, would you have like two games? Uh, in the afternoon slate or three games and they'd all go to commercial at the same time. It was horrible. It was horrible. And so we'd always like prepackage something. So Scott could go run to the bathroom because he didn't go, he held it all that time. Yeah. And then he named his fantasy team, the iron bladders. Yeah, so it, it would be different so if these games were awesome. Like yeah. if you had just had two awesome matchups, but no, not the case. Uh, Seattle at Arizona, Arizona, a two point favorite at home. I'll take Seattle on the road. Thank you. I will take Arizona to win in conference. Oh, you're full of it. You're full of it. Um, Next up. I, I still just don't trust the Seattle team for some reason. But Why? Uh, what, what is at this point? I mean, you've got a pretty good it's catalog. A, it's, it's a defense for me. They played above their heads. Yeah. And, it, you know, we talk a lot about the teams. Like, like Cleveland is one that you've mentioned over and over. Their defense keeps playing under what their ability is. Mm-hmm. This is a clear case of a defense playing way over its head. Um, are you thinking they're not going to be able to sustain that? Or you think they just might have a hiccup here against a division opponent? I think they're going to have a little bit of a hiccup. Um, now, they did beat the Cardinals a couple weeks ago, but I think the Cardinals are just different when they have DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup. I just think they're a, a way better offense. So we'll see. I'm sticking with Seattle. All right. I don't think I'm sticking with Detroit, though. I think I'm going to have to go with you for Green Bay to win that outright. All right, next next afternoon All right, game. The, the, the big game that I, I'm sure the NFL thought was going to be awesome, and we're only putting two games on so everybody can watch. Rams at Bucks. Uh, <laughs> really? Isn't that something? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to probably be watching the other game. Uh, Bucks three-point favorites at home. Oh, boy. Boy, that's right where it should be. That's exactly what the line should be. L- let me ask game. you this real quickly. 
Who needs this game more, the Rams or the Bucks? I know that's it. It's a radio thing. Why? The Bucks. I know where you're going with this. I get it. Smart question because you're you're thinking like, look, the Rams, the the rest of the conference, particularly their own division, is leaving them in the rear view. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the Rams are going to catch the Niners. If you're right, and Arizona beats Seattle. That's not going to be as big an issue for the Rams. Correct. The Bucks at this point, if they lose this game, I'm afraid that it's going to be like one of those things where this team ends up going six and eleven, like yep. they're about to lose the team. So I'm not looking at the standings portion of this. I really want to get to the total on this game in a second, but let's get your pick here. Uh, just, just straight up. I don't even. I mean, this is this is a tough one. Straight up, forget the spread. I'm inclined to pick the Rams here because so I just I. don't. I don't know if the Bucks are going to be able to get pressure on the Rams without Shaq Barrett. Um, but boy, do I not want to pick this game. This is just not one I just don't want to pick. I think this game is actually more important for the Rams, to be honest. You look at their schedule coming up. They've got games at the Saints, at the Chiefs, home against Seattle, against the Raiders, at the Packers. I, think I mean, you're in a point where if you teams. lose this game, like not only are you not going to win the division, but you might not make the playoffs. And for a team that's given up all these draft picks to, to be that far behind, it's pretty tough. But if you lose at Tampa in a close game, I don't think you lose the team. I, I, if the Bucks play like they have, I I don't know that this thing doesn't go south. I don't see it going south. I, I just don't see any team in the NFC uh, South pulling away from Tampa, right? Even at Atlanta at four and four, they're not going to get to ten wins wins this season, right? So Tampa Bay can <laughs> can we can we uh, save this? And no, play this. Uh, yeah, I, right. I just don't see any team pulling away. I do see the the Rams getting so far behind in their division where they're completely out, and now they're battling. I mean, we're going to assume the Cowboys are making the playoffs, right? I think we're yeah. both going to assume the Giants probably make the playoffs. Yeah. That means you're battling the Forty Niners, um, the the Packers for that last wild card spot. It's going to be really tough to get there. Uh, and Seattle. And, well, I was yeah assuming. I mean, one of Seattle or the 49ers is going right, to win the division. but the other one's going to be there. Correct. So if the Giants and Cowboys are wild cards, let's assume Seattle is. That's who you're fighting. And then on yeah. top of that, you have Green Bay. And on top of that, you have Atlanta. And sure. you know what? Maybe New Orleans turns it around. Uh, maybe New Orleans, um, yep. You know, they're not far behind. What are they, three and five right yeah, now? And, so, I mean, it seems crazy, but Washington's also – they've got the same number of wins as the Rams are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I told you forget about the spread because I was leaning Rams and they're uh, the underdogs here. So I, you Rams went out right. The yeah. total is what I'm more concerned about. Um, this is another game that's got to have a low total. The Rams can't run the ball. Uh, Matt Stafford hasn't played well. They're getting pretty much nothing out of their WR2. Their their top receiver is banged up. Um, the Bucks can't get any pressure on the quarterback, though, and their offense is dysfunctional. Did I pretty much say that? Get yep. that all right? Okay. Yep. Um, I think this might be like 23-22 kind of really tight game. So the the total on this has got to be 46 or lower. Uh, 42 gonna, and a half. I, we didn't let me finish. I was, I was, you know, I was working it out in my head. I wouldn't have gone that low. I probably would have gone 43 and a half. It, it's just... It's shocking that a Sean McVay team against Tom Brady is 42 and a half. 
Yeah, I wouldn't bet the under on that. I think no, that's a little too, too risky. It's too low. Um, I don't think I'd bet the over on it, and I don't think I would bet on this game, period. So yeah. there you go. Uh, our Sunday night game, the Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Titans have had some success against the Chiefs before, but the Chiefs are 12-point favorites in this game. I don't like that spread. Coming off uh, a bye? I still don't like that spread. It's too high. Not for a team that runs the ball as effectively as, as Tennessee does, that's coached as well as they are. When they played in the AFC Championship back, was that 2019, I believe, yep. AFC Championship? It was played in 2020, but you know what I mean, 2019 season. Um, Derrick Henry had gotten so much workload the previous couple of weeks and the end of that the regular season. I don't know that that's the case right now. Um, this is still early in the season. I, I think they're going to have a hard time stopping him, quite frankly. Um, I'm, yeah, I would take Tennessee to cover that and Kansas City to win outright. Here's the part that you might be forgetting. Um, Mike Vrabel said he's still pretty unlikely that Ryan Tannehill plays this week. And if it's a Malik Willis playing in Kansas uh, City at a yeah. night game, it's he completed six passes last week. I, I They can the run the ball like crazy. You can't bet on a game like this because of that. Because if I, I, Ryan Tannehill plays, there's no way I'm picking Kansas City to cover that. To me, to me, looking at that line, I think it's baked in that Vegas doesn't believe that Ryan Tannehill's playing. Because if if he right. was, I think this line's like nine and a half. I think that's more likely what the line looks like. Not to mention, even if Ryan Tannehill has a really good shot at playing, and the coaches are talking about him playing, they're not going to. Mike Vrabel's not going to come out and say that. Yeah. Number one, you want Kansas City to wonder uh, if he's going to play or not. And number two, you don't want to put that kind of pressure on your quarterback if Saturday he's like, there's no way. Yeah. So um, I would I would stay away from this okay. game. I think you have to. All right, last game. This one's actually not bad. It's of the primetime games, the best one. The Baltimore Ravens at the New Orleans Saints. Ravens, two and a half point favorites. Yeah, this is a, this is a good game. Um, I'll take the Saints here uh, to cover this. As far as winning outright, that's a little tougher deal. But who, who's Lamar Jackson throwing the football to? If Last time we saw the Ravens, Mark Andrews got banged up, okay? Uh, their top receivers are gone right now. Their wide receiver core is banged up. And I know, I know Isaiah likely had a really nice game against Tampa Bay. Is he likely to do that again? <laughs> so uh, definitely the Saints to cover. Now, if we're talking just straight up, you're in a pick'em league. What are you thinking? Saints. Saints all the way. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think Saints at home on a Monday night game. Now that the Bucks lost again, the Saints did look pretty good last week against the Raiders. Getting a little healthier on defense. Please I play I think Jason I'll take. Hill. Yeah, lots of Taysom Hill in this game. A Go lot right of running. at them. Yeah. Go right at them. I, it's I know. Gonna, it's going to take a little bit of time for Roquan Smith to get to defense and all that kind of stuff. But, I, yeah, Absolutely. I'm taking the Saints here. I, You know, um, the Ravens are going to – this is going to have to be a Lamar Jackson take over the game in the second half for them to win. And, um, boy, wouldn't that be fun to see Taysom Hill and Lamar Jackson yeah, going – Mono a mono, yeah. I'll go with you on the Saints on this one. What's the best uh, game of the week? This is one of them, actually. I think Ravens Saints is pretty doggone good. What's the? I, I I just think it's the best game of the week. What what What's the best Sunday game? Is it Dolphins Bears? 
I like the uni matchup, but if the Bears don't wear their orange helmet, what do you think of the orange helmet, orange uh, jersey combo? See, I like the orange jerseys. I don't mind the orange helmets. I don't like the white pants with them. If you're going to do orange, just do all orange. I think I would like – well, I like the Bears' navy helmet with the orange jersey. I think that's a great look. And I've told you before, I love their kind of Michigan Wolverine look, which is from the 1930s. I love that look. I do too. Um, I think Green Bay-Detroit is going to be a good game. I do. I think it's going to be a really good game. A lot of Green Bay-Detroit games over the years have been really good. Um, I think Minnesota-Washington is going to sneak up on you. Sure. I do. I would raise, them in a, that, raise them in that nap like it's a 3 o'clock window. <laughs> oh, this game's still kind of close. Yeah. Do we have any other candidates? I mean, it's certainly not Carolina-Cincinnati. That doesn't sound fun to me. Chargers Atlanta just sounds frustrating to me. Yeah, it's just we're gonna hate watch that game. Hate watching that game. Um, what am I missing here? Rams Bucks. I don't want to watch. I'll be honest. I don't want to watch. Bills Jets. I I can't watch Zach Wilson. Yeah, we're, uh, we're out Patriots, on Zach Wilson. Patriots are playing a quarterback that's gonna have no chance against them. Um, that leaves Raiders Jags. The Raiders are very hard for me to watch. And Trevor Lawrence is frustrating for me to watch because I know it's there, Marcus. I've seen mm-hmm. it, you know, and it just – I don't know what the deal is there. Um, so that leaves Kansas City, Tennessee. Now, if Ryan Tannehill played, that might be the game. That would be the game for me. It someday. would be the game, but I don't think he's going to play. Ugh, and the Thursday night game is just awful. So I think you're right. I think Ravens Saints might be the game. Unless Ryan Tannehill plays, then it would be the second best game. So that's what we got. Okay, a $10,000 pick. Is there one game that you just feel so confident in? Uh, I know these have been tough this year to find one. No, I mean, no. I, the Eagles are going to kill the Texans, but you're not going to get enough value to worry about it, you know, or to, to bet it, right? Because it's mm-hmm. they're minus eight hundred. So you need to bet eight hundred dollars to win a hundred. So yeah, no that's that's a little bit of a problem. Um, nope, I'm out on this week. <laughs> I think you're out on this week, just in general. By the um, way, I, I just let you know next week is so much better. Just looking at, we're going to have some really good games next week. So. Can we put three? Can we put three teams together in a teaser? Maybe. No, I don't want to uh, do that. There, there's just no games this week that I feel that confident about. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, we're sorry. Uh, I, I told you it's it's a rough game, a rough week. Next week we have at least three good games. Um, this is a problem when you don't have more than two good teams in the league, or three good teams, and one of them is on by. You know, it's it's really hard to decipher. Um, you know, if you were doing a teaser, I think if you teased Atlanta up, um, maybe teased Buffalo up to where it's just impossible, um, those would be some options. But I can tell you're totally disinterested. Marcus is totally I, I don't want to do – I do not want to throw a lot of money at this week. There's just yeah. not matchups that I love. I, I get it. I get it. A couple of notes uh, outside of uh, picking games. Oh, why don't you go back over our picks real quick, even though you won't yeah. uh, lay your dollar Yeah, down. Eagles, Texans, we both like the Eagles to, to win. I like the Eagles to cover. Chargers, I'm Falcons, we both like the Falcons just to win outright in that yep. game. Uh, Dolphins, Bears, we both like the Dolphins to win in cover. Bengals, Panthers, 
We're both leading Bengals to win, but definitely Panthers to cover. Yep. Packers Lions, we're both taking the Packers to win and cover. I convinced you on that one. Uh, Colts Patriots, we both like the Patriots to win and cover. Bills Jets, maybe stay away from the point spread, but definitely take the Bills to win. Vikings Commanders, Elliot's a little scared by the hook there at three and a half. I'm not. I'm taking the Vikings to win and cover. Elliot's taking the Vikings. Raiders, Jags, we both like the Raiders to win. Cardinals or Seahawks, Cardinals. I like the Cardinals to win. Elliot likes the Seahawks to win. Rams, Bucks, we both hate this game and we're going to hate watch it, but I, I would lean Rams. I think you would go Bucks. Yep. No, Rams. Rams. Okay. I'm going with you on the Rams. Yeah. Titans, Chiefs, I would bet the Chiefs to win and cover. You're just going to take the Chiefs to win outright. Stay away from the spread. Ravens, Saints uh, at the Superdome. We both like the Saints just to win outright. Yeah. Um, again, just listen to those games. It's really hard to pick one to bet on. I told you I like the Raiders, Jags, under. Um, and the Patriots. I really like the Patriots against the Colts. And I, I like the Falcons uh, because they're underdogs, which was un- – that's so weird to me. How can you possibly – is it because the Chargers are coming off a bye? Yes. That's got to be the only thinking. And there. the quarterback, uh, right? What difference has that made? So far. And I, I, I mean, think it's part of it too, like the Falcons probably should have lost last week to the Panthers, right? Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. A couple of uh, just NFL notes. First of all, we we mentioned at the top of the podcast that Daniel Snyder is no longer going to be owning the uh, Washington Commanders, we think. Uh, he's going to try to get help selling the team. Uh, we will pray for that with all of you out there just want to say on that note uh if you are of the age when you remember rfk rocking you know exactly how precipitous of a decline this has been and i think it's hard for fans that don't remember those days to realize that washington was one of the cornerstone franchises in the national football league they were Mm -hmm. a big one there was no road game that was more scary than rfk not one not Arrowhead, not Candlestick, uh, not Seattle, none of them. You, there was always a chance that your team could go into RFK, get beat thirty to seven. They'd play that stupid song after every touchdown, hail to the Redskins, and you would just want to shut the TV off. But you respected it; you totally respected it. The stands would literally shake, Marcus, mm-hmm. so that the camera. The only other stadium that was like that was Mile High, the old Mile High. Uh, which was a tough place to play, but not as tough as RFK. You couldn't get a ticket. There was like a 20-year waiting list to get a ticket for Washington games. That's how steep a decline we're talking about, where there's more visiting uh, fans at the games now. Uh, There's that. And then I don't know if you saw that uh, Sean McVay's grandfather, Mm -hmm. John McVay, passed away. John McVay was the coach of the New York Giants in the 1970s, and You've probably seen the miracle at the Meadowlands when Joe Pisarczyk tries to hand off instead of just kneeling down at the end of the game. Herm Edwards picks it up and scores, and everybody thinks that's where the kneel down came from. Um, You know, that after that game, all the teams said, oh, we've just got to kneel down at the end of the game. It still took time, believe it or not. So John McVay was always kind of the poster boy of the miracle in the Meadowlands as a Giants coach. But what you may not know is that he was an excellent executive for the 49ers. In the 80s and 90s, he helped build five Super Bowl winning teams as the uh, vice president of that team. And uh, the 1986 49ers draft is still one of the greatest drafts in NFL history. 
And so that was a big loss if uh, if you've been in the NFL community or worked for an mm-hmm. NFL team. Everyone knew who John McVay was. And then, you know, obviously the last name is uh, pretty famous. Yeah. Um, it's been a busy, busy time in the NFL this last yeah. few weeks. I mean, yeah, you just... think? Any any trades that you wished you'd seen and didn't didn't come to fruition or players you thought, oh, man, there's no way this guy is not going to change locales. I was hoping Elijah Moore would get dealt from the Jets. It feels like it's it's just never going to work with him and Zach Wilson. He had one target last week. Uh, just I, crazy, isn't it? In a game think, that you lose. Uh, yeah, and I think he's a good player, and I think the Jets could have gotten a second-round pick from him at least. right? I think he's a better player than Chase Claypool, who the Bears traded a second-round pick for, and you get more uh, years of control on his contract. I just wish he would have gotten dealt to a contender like Dallas or mm-hmm, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. If he's the third, I mean, the Jets would never trade him to Buffalo. But hypothetically, I think he's somebody that could have been really good elsewhere. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. By the way, I uh, wanted to say when I mentioned the 49ers 1986 drafts, one of the greatest ever, the 49ers had had a down year in 85. They had won two Super Bowls. The 86 draft, they get John Taylor, who was a great punt returner, had multiple thousand yard seasons. He and Jerry Rice, one of the greatest duos in the history of the league. They got Tim McHire, a longtime defensive back that that played into his uh, 30s. Tom Rathman, one of the most famous fullbacks to ever play. Uh, Steve Wallace, who's the tackle that is kind of featured in the blind side mm-hmm. as the first big left tackle that was ever drafted uh, because of pass rushers. Uh, that is a McVeigh Bill Walsh production. Yeah. Charles Haley uh, was taken in the fourth round of that draft. Charles Haley over 100 sacks, uh, five Super Bowl rings and in the Hall of Fame. Don Griffin, another longtime starting cornerback. That's all in one draft, man. Uh, pretty, pretty impressive. Incredible. Yeah. Um, and you know me, Marcus, I'm such a huge draft guy. I'm always having to educate you on yes, prospects. I, I teach me your ways. Yes. I mean, you're always like playing, I don't know, Parcheesi or something with your yeah, friends I mean, I, you and I'm like me. watching I, the combine. I couldn't and, care less about the draft. I go to, you know, baseball card shops and look for 50 year old cards and stuff. That hurts. That was uh Sorry, 70 year old cards. That was a spear in the back from uh, 400 yards out. On our Thursday night podcast, I'm going to share a couple of football cards that I bought. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. I'll yeah. give you some draft oh, yeah. nuggets. Yeah, clearly. Pipe it. Pipe it down. All right. Uh, last thought from you. I'm glad that the NFL has embraced more of the trades because it just makes the league more fun, right? To, to see teams being more aggressive, like the Dolphins. I think it's awesome that a team like the Dolphins thinks – yeah, we know the Bills and Chiefs are good, but we're just as good, and who knows what's going to happen. So let's go out and give us the best chance to win. Um, it makes it fun. I, I think we're going to have a really fun playoffs, even though I kind of think the regular season has been pretty boring so far. Yeah, you know, it's it's this is the first time we've ever done a picks podcast that you haven't done some kind of teaser or something, and and it's and it it really speaks to. Uh, it's it's very difficult to discern the good teams, which makes it harder uh, to pick. Even in your pick'em league, it makes it harder to pick. Although somebody on the show only lost one game last week. I don't think I lost a game last week, to be honest. Yeah, you did. Which one? Did right. I you did great too, because last week we I don't think we differed, but on like one game, we we missed. I'm pretty sure we missed Baltimore Tampa. I think we both had Tampa in that game. I'll have to go back and listen to last week's podcast to make sure. But I think we both missed the Thursday night game, but 
darn near ran the table for the entire rest of the week. I, really quickly, I think Don't one of the so reasons why I'm, I'm not excited about this week is of the three primetime games, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, two of those games have point spreads over 12. Yes. And th- there's only two afternoon games, late afternoon games, and neither of those four teams are, are – the only team that's playing well of those four teams is the Seahawks. And then in the early slate, it's just a lot of bad quarterbacks. Like, let me read you the quarterbacks. Justin Herbert's probably the best. Uh, you have Marcus Mariota, P.J. Walker, Burrow, who's struggling, Jared Goff, who is Jared Goff, uh, Aaron Rodgers, who's struggling, Sam Ellinger, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Taylor Heineke, Trevor Lawrence, Derek Carr. Like, just not a lot of good quarterback play in on Sunday. You pretty much just named every starting quarterback. <laughs> but the, the problem is, is like, Patrick Mahomes playing on Sunday night football, right? And then you've got the Bills, Josh Allen going up against a really bad quarterback. Dak is on a bye. You've got some other, you know, better quarterbacks not playing this week. So I'm with you in the the three games with the over 10 point uh, spread between Philadelphia at Houston, Tennessee at Kansas City, and the Bills and Jets. Now, the Bills game is in New York, isn't it? I mean, in against at the Jets, rather. Of course, it's going to be in New York. New and, that's, and they're still 13, what is it, 13 and a half point? Yeah. yeah. My gosh. My gosh. I, by the way, you only wanted Elijah Moore to get traded just because you feel sorry for the guy. I do. I, 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 I I'm tired of point, him just running out there and getting cardio and not getting any uh, any targets. Poor do you guy. Think he even, do you think he even gets his heart rate up like over like 110 beats per minute? I mean, he shouldn't. I, just, he should just be out there jogging. It's crazy. What a bummer. What a bummer. Well, we're going to leave you on that super, super <laughs> exciting note. game yeah, this week, yeah, guys. There, Make there sure you, you tune into our uh, Monday Night Power Rankings show where we break all these teams down. <laughs> Disparage every last one of them. Actually, I, I have a feeling we're having a really good. Our last Thursday night show was good. I think we're going to have something fun to talk about tomorrow night. I don't know what it is yet, do but you think, I have a feeling. Do you so. think of our top, so our top five teams last week, just to recap, you had the Bills the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Vikings. The Cowboys right. are on bye. Do any of those other four teams get upset this week? I think the one that's most likely to get upset is Minnesota um, at Washington. You're more confident on that game than I am. Uh, the three-and-a-half-point spread is what scared me on that game. But Minnesota's the one good team, you know, the top five team that it – yeah, you know, you – I don't know if it's Kirk Cousins. I don't know if it's the way that team's been coached the last few years. I know they have a new coach this year. I'm just saying I don't know what it is that makes it hard for me to think of Minnesota as a serious contender. Yet there's no question they've been the fifth best team in the league this year. I mean, you could actually make an argument that they're higher, but because of what they've done in previous years, I think that's why everybody's a little bit reluctant to put them higher because if you put their resumes right next to Dallas – they're better than Dallas. They just are. No, man. Dallas's defense is so good. Uh, you know, it just goes to what you think wins in the league. And uh, I think Dallas has a better opportunity to win consistently because they have two running backs, because they have a better defense. I think Minnesota is going to be a little bit more dependent on Kirk Cousins playing well and Justin Jefferson having big days than Dallas would having to rely on. I don't think the Cowboys have to rely on Dak Prescott to win football games. They they proved that this year. So if Dak plays well, it's a bonus, 
not necessarily the driving force. And that's not disparaging Dak. That's just a fact. I mean, they, where did the Cowboys go with Cooper Rush? Four and one? Yeah, something like that. I've already forgotten about that. Yeah, Callie. Well, if you're a Cooper Rush hater, but total Cooper Rush hater. But hey, listen, we're going to get – look, you can get more hot Cowboy takes that are unpopular like that. <laughs> I'm locked on Cowboys where Marcus hosts with Landon McCool. Give Landon a follow. They do a great job over there. Marcus also covers the Raiders for USA Today. He is at Marcus underscore Mosher. I am at Harrison NFL on Twitter. And we will talk to you Thursday night after a wild, wild game in which Davis Mills throws for three touchdowns. 28-24, the Philadelphia Eagles hold off the Texans uh, Thursday night. We'll see you then. Broncos country. That's right. 